Welcome to Star Wars and TN. Now hit the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. What's going on, Far, Far Away family? How is everyone doing on this Tuesday? Now, yesterday I talked about what was going on with me, the whole MS situation. And like I said, I won't know anything until the 11th of this month. But as of right now, I am suffering from fatigue. So I think it is in the best interest of the show if maybe we change some things around a little bit. So instead of doing the recap at the end and taking away from the time the story plays, I'm just going to let it play through. It will take some of the stress off of me and still give you the best content we can give. Plus, no one wants to hear me babbling about what we just heard. We just heard it. There's no need to do a recap. So starting tomorrow, that's how we're going to do it. I will greet you at the beginning of the show, let the intro play, get right to the story. Then I will tell you if I like the part, if there's any key things that I think that need to be pointed out, say goodbye and get to the outro. I think that will be the best way to optimize our time. So let's get to this part of the story. He resisted the temptation to put them on right away. From his apprenticeship under Master Oba, he had learned that it was wise to study the artifacts of the dark side carefully before using them. Their power often came with a cost. He had what he came for, and he was eager to get off this civilization-forsaken world and back to the luxury of his home on Nalhata. Besides, the longer he stayed on Doan, the greater the chance he would run into another Jedi sent to investigate Med's death. If he left now, all they'd find would be the sniveling bartender he'd left behind and he wouldn't be able to tell them anything they couldn't figure out for themselves. So long, Quano. You better hope we never meet again. As he made his way back up the long, winding tunnel toward the surface, the amulet and the ring firmly in his possession, he couldn't help but wonder if the Rodian would ever appreciate just how lucky he was. In Xana's opinion, of all the worlds she had been to, including the war-torn fields of Rusan, the lifeless deserts of Ambria, the desolate Great Plains of Tython, Doan was by far the least hospitable. The entire surface of the planet had been gashed open in the endless quest for new minerals. Flora and fauna were non-existent. Everywhere she looked, she saw nothing but dirt and rock. It was an ugly, ravaged world. By all rights, it should have been devoid of all life. And yet, the mining camps teemed with desperate beings scratching and clawing to carve out a meager existence for themselves. Watching them, she couldn't help but compare them with her master, whom she knew had grown up on a place like Doan, Apatros, a world rich in nothing but cortosis mines, owned by Outer Rim Oilworks, a corporation notorious for treating its indentured employees like slaves. But where Bane's brutal childhood and savage upbringing in the minds of Apatros had taught him to fight to survive, had helped forge his indomitable spirit, the miserable curs she'd encountered on Doan were weak, deserving nothing better than servitude. Bane had ambition. Bane had strength. He'd managed to rise above the surroundings. Through sheer force of will, he had cast off the shackles of his childhood and forged a new destiny for himself. He had risen from nothing to become the Dark Lord of the Sith. It was time for Xana to do the same. She would not allow herself to be like these pathetic wretches, weak, afraid, and enslaved. 
Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. There was still the problem of finding her own apprentice, of course. But for now, she needed to focus on why she was here. Her investigations had revealed that she wasn't the only one interested in the dead Jedi. A man with long silver hair, some called him a mercenary, others a bounty hunter, had been here not two days earlier, asking the same question she was. Since then, she'd been following his tracks, talking to the people he spoke to, and charming, bribing, or threatening them into giving her the same information they had given him. She now suspected she knew why Med Tandar had come here in the first place. It was common knowledge among the miners that a small cache of jewelry had been uncovered during a dig, and that the Jedi had come to Doan in the hope of acquiring the find. Xana could only think of one reason why a Jedi would be interested in a few trinkets discovered in a long-forgotten tomb on an insignificant Outer Rim world. Her master wasn't alone in his obsessive efforts to locate ancient Sith artifacts scattered across the galaxy. At first, she had assumed the man who had been asking about Med before her had been another Jedi, sent to complete the original mission. However, it quickly became clear from the reports of his use of terror and torture to extract information that he was not a Jedi or even someone working for the Jedi Order. The trail of these reports had ended at a dilapidated cantina in one of the seemingly infinite mining camps. But she found the establishment closed, and Quano, the Rodian proprietor, nowhere to be found. With no more eyewitnesses, Xana decided to have a look around herself, hoping for further clues. Night had fallen, casting everything in near blackness. She tried the door and discovered that someone had smashed the lock. Not surprising given the poverty she'd seen. Pushing her way in, she picked up the faint odor of decaying flesh. She cracked a glow stick from her belt, filling the room with its pale green light. She was just able to make out two bodies on the floor. Crouching by the first one, she made a quick examination. Doan's dry, dusty heat, combined with the general lack of airflow through the cantina, had partially mummified the corpse, slowing the decomposition process. The cause of death was obvious, a blaster bolt to the chest. His own blaster was still clutched in his hand. It was obvious he wasn't Quano. The body was plainly human. And he didn't fit the descriptions she had been given of the man she was following. Based on his clothes and large muscles, he was probably one of the miners. She found the second body the same. A dead miner shot in the chest. Continuing her examination of the scene, she noticed that the shelf behind the bar was empty. But clear circles in the dust showed that until very recently, dozens of bottles had stood there. Whoever had broken in must have stolen all the alcohol and left the two bodies where they lay on the floor. A thorough search of the room turned up no trace of either the Rodian or the silver-haired man. At the sound of someone fumbling at the door, Xana covered her glow stick with her cloak and crouched low to the ground. A perfect statue hidden, she hoped, by the darkness. The door creaked open and a shadowy figure slowly picked its way through the tables toward the bar in the back. Xana waited to make sure the intruder was alone, then stood up and cast her cloak aside, bathing the room in the light of her glow stick. A Rodian stood frozen, staring at her with wide, fearful eyes. Quano, I presume? Who are you? He asked. His barely passable basic made even harder to understand by the panic in his voice. 
Then he noticed the empty shelf behind the bar, and his face crunched up in sullen anger. You steal all Quano's booze! I didn't steal anything. I just came here to ask you some questions. She assured him. The Rodian's shoulder slumped. Sighing, he sat down cross-legged on the ground, his head hanging despondently. More questions? You Jedi too? Like other one? He spoke with a tone of utter hopelessness, as if he realized he was doomed and had given up any hope of escaping his fate. A Jedi? You mean Med Tandar? The Syrian? No, the other one. Human, long, white hair. I'm looking for him, Xana admitted. But what makes you think he was a Jedi? Him got lightsaber. Use it to give Guano this. Okay, so today's part starts off with Set leaving Dome. He had to get off the world before the Jedi showed up. Then it jumps over to Xana. She has been on Dome for two days now, basically asking all the same question that Set had asked, which led her to the Rodian's cantina, where she finds the dead bouncer. This is when the Rodian comes in. He asks Xana if she is a Jedi, like the white-haired man, the one who had burnt his face. And that's where this part came to an end. So join us tomorrow to hear more of the story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.